This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or a cross of coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. So today we are going to finish up Mark chapter 9. But we, before we get into Mark chapter 9 and before you pray, we introduce our guest that's with us today, Bryce Burns, right? Yes, sir. From... <clears throat> Let me wash my mouth out. Georgia. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been, you lived here for what, about three years, you about said? three years. You're here in Maryville with us? Yeah. Uh, he's been uh, coming to uh, Authentic Church for, what, a month now? Maybe three or four services? About. About yeah. three or four. What do you think about Authentic Church? I would have Put you on the spot. I'd have to say uh, I, I really love the uh, atmosphere, and I say that as not lightly because some, you know, some other places you visit, you know, you don't feel the atmosphere. You do feel that authentic, you know, uh, authentic. They're not afraid to speak the truth, yeah. you know, uh, and they don't go over. I mean, they go over everything. They don't sit there and, and, and lead you on into an ongoing thing. What do you think about that worship music? I, hey, it's now. pretty fire. <laughs> it's pretty fire. I, I love it. Worship band's pretty good. Isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell they're, you. The worship leader, she's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful too. Um, it's, it's kind of what, what Christian was saying today. The missionary that was there for the sex trafficking. Um, uh, well, he was talking about that, but he was t- he was talking about the atmosphere and the worship. He's like, man, I have experienced worship like this at a church for a while. Basically, what he was saying. But it's good to have you with us. Of course. And um, just jump in at any time if you have something to say, and we'll just play off each other. It's what we do. Of course. Um, but Mary prays, and then we'll get started. Okay. Because she can pray really well. I love prayer. She can pray better, even better than she can sing. Father, thank you that you are a God that reveals secrets. And so we ask you to reveal your secrets to us as we dig into your word. Show us the deep things. Lord, let us understand things that are kept secret from the foundations of the world. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. So open up our eyes to behold wondrous things in your word. We ask it tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's your word for 2024. By the way, we ended our 21 day of prayers and fasting today. And uh, reveal. Mm. Reveal, because Jesus is going to reveal something here in a little bit that you know he's going to ask the disciples, "Why are y'all discussing?" And they don't want to tell him, but he reveals what they were talking about to begin mm-hmm. with, and embarrasses them. I know. Calls them out, and then he gives them a little bit of an example to, that they should follow. But where are we starting? We are going to back up in time just for a minute, talking about Jesus. Uh, because it's something that Mark's going to point out in verse 31 that Shelby's going to read here in a minute. But Jesus had been in Gentile territory. And the reason why, we think the reason why, this is, this is the way we discuss it, Bryce. Uh, Jesus was kind of got away from Galilee and Capernaum, that area where people were just swamping him. And he goes out into Gentile territory. And Mark points out that one of the reasons why he did that is because he, he was trying to go to some places that he hadn't been, that people maybe not know him as well. 
because yeah. you know how people are just constantly wanting something from him. And so he went into this home, and he didn't want people to know he was there. Mm-hmm. But this Syrophoenician woman found out that he was there. Evidently, she had heard of him somehow or another. Found out he was there, and then it was on from there. And then a crowd of just started gathering. There was a crowd of four thousand, and they seen you know they're being fed three days later with fish and bread, kind of mm-hmm. like the feeding of the five thousand. Um, so, and, and Mark was going to point something. The, the, I don't know if I said this or not, but the reason why Jesus went there is because he wanted to be alone with his disciples. He's trying to tell them something in particular, and he's trying to teach them some things, right? Because they're going to be taken over when he's leaving. And it's, we're coming up on his death, burial, resurrection. So he's trying to instill some stuff in his disciples. So the reason why I said all this is because of verse 31. Go ahead and read 31 and 32. Because he was teaching his disciples, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. So you're doing NIV, right? Yes. So you're said in verse 31, what? The very first of it? Because he was teaching his disciples. What does your verse 30 say? They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were. Okay. Yeah. And the New Living Translation says that he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and, and teach them. Um, but um, <clears throat> he tells them that he's going you know, to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. And he's going to be killed. Three days later, he's going to rise from the dead. But they didn't understand what, what he was saying. And we know the whole story. Mm-hmm. We got it from beginning to end, so we, we know everything yeah. that's going on. Um, but they didn't. They're living it, at, you know, the, in the moment. And Mark points out that they were afraid to ask him. And the, the, this word "afraid" in the Greek is phobeo, which it, it means to be struck with fear, to like lock up, to be seized, mm-hmm. you know, like freeze. Or, yeah, seized with alarm, or they, you know, they, they're freaking out. But I don't think this is the first time that he's told them that he's going to die, right? Have we already? Hasn't he already told them like a time or two? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. But for whatever reason, this time they're they're freaking out over it. And, and <laughs> but if you really think about it, there we've been talking lately about misconceptions that they have about the Messiah. And one of the you know one of the biggest misconceptions is this guy's going to be this great military leader. He's going to re- lead this revolt or whatever. They're going to he's going to have this big army and he's going to fight the Romans and deliver them from the Roman oppression. And Jesus is saying, "Hey, I'm about to die." Well, they're thinking this. There's no way this guy can die. I mean, look at all these miracles he's doing. And so maybe that's part of the reason why they're 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 struck with fear here. And, and but for whatever reason, uh, they they don't they they were afraid to ask him. Uh, what he meant yeah in the last chapter in 8 831 he's telling them the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and be killed and after three days rise again so he spoke plainly about this but that's when Peter takes him aside and rebukes him yeah you know so yes he's absolutely been telling them I'm going to die I'm not going to be here forever so at this point they spent what a year or two with him? They they spent a lot of time with him. They, they they've grown close to him. That'd be hard to take. I mean, you come up to a loved one you know that you've known for a long time, that you're close to, him, and say, "Hey, well, you know, I know about the dire because that's what prophecy say or whatever." Right. And they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" They don't because they don't they don't get it. They don't understand. 
Has there ever been a time in any of y'all's lives that uh, that you didn't understand something, but you're afraid to ask? I don't know of any time I've ever been locked up with fear. I have. Um, I would have to say it was a time of whenever I was getting to know God, because yeah. I didn't know Him when I was going through this. But uh, it was a time that um, I locked up because I, I was afraid to tell my parents that I was going through sadness, going through all of emotions. And, you know, because my, my parents, they were the type of, you know, oh, you're this and that, you know, you shouldn't be feeling this way. And, you know, but um, I, I was I was fearful because I figured I was going to be locked up in, you know, in a place where I couldn't get out of. So yeah. I just didn't speak up, I didn't, you know. I didn't. Yeah, the FABEO. Yeah. I remember one time in high school in the algebra class, I didn't understand the algebra, but I wasn't afraid to ask the teacher. I just didn't want, nobody wanted this teacher to come because she would stand over your shoulder and talk to you and her breath smelled so bad, you could not breathe. So it wasn't out of fear. It's just you didn't want that woman breathing. <laughs> it was rank and nasty. <laughs> so maybe if you feared the breath. <laughs> Please don't come over here. I'll figure it out. There was no YouTube back then. You know, Terrible. You're like, I can YouTube it. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, they, they couldn't. You know, YouTube. What, what, what did you... Let's, let's ask Google. What did Jesus mean by dying? Right. No, but but they're... they're, they're they're, they locked up out of fear. They didn't want to ask. Um, but what's interesting is what they did discuss as, as they're traveling uh, to uh, Capernaum. And they're about to go in this house. And they're having a conversation. What's the conversation? Are you reading oh, something? Are you, yeah, I was just reading that next section. Oh, okay. Um, the, the, the conversation is, who's going to be the greatest? Are you the best? Or is he the best? I don't know. Is, she the the is she the greatest one out of all of us? That's what, this they're is what the disciples are saying, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. the 12 are asking. And think about who's included in this discussion Judas Iscariot, <laughs> the one who's going to betray <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God. Yeah. They're, they're at the, and, and what's bad is, like, James and John, they literally thought they, they were the greatest. Mm. Because they're going to get. I don't, I don't think Mark yeah. talks about it, but. Yeah, I mean, Peter, James, and John are kind of the inner circle, right? I yeah. mean, they get to be with they Jesus on a whole lot of things that the, that you don't hear so much about with the other disciples. Right. But, yeah. um, but James and John's going to get mom involved. <laughs> right. Get Salome to come ask Jesus, can my boy sit on your right hand and your left hand when you get in your kingdom? Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, they yeah. thought they were the best. They were the greatest. I'm his favorite. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm his favorite. Yeah. So. But so are you. I mean, that's the cool part. Well, that's true. We're all. And so are you. And so are you. You know, we're all his favorite. That agape love, that unconditional love. I know. Love, right? <laughs> He's not limited. <clears throat> so they're they're asking this question amongst themselves. Who? Or they're discussing who uh, who is the greatest among us. But they didn't want to tell Jesus that. Can you read 33 through 35? They came to Capernaum when he was in the house. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to 
be first must be the very last and the servant of all. So what, what do you think Jesus thinks about this? He just told him, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of my enemies. I'm going to uh, die. You know, I'll come back to life, which is something. Well, they, they've seen him raise a, a girl from the dead at this point. But it's still a weird concept they don't understand. Jesus is, you know, he just told them, you just read it from the last chapter. This is the second time he's telling them. But they're more concerned. They're not concerned with his death. They're concerned with who's going to be the greatest among us. I'm going to sit on his right hand. I want to sit on his left hand in his kingdom. This uh, a scripture that, you know, I've been thinking about as you're talking is, uh, I believe it, there's one scripture that says uh, we're all equal. So, I mean, maybe... Uh, God is thinking, okay, well, while they're discussing that, I mean, shouldn't they, they're all equal because they're all disciples. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would be pretty amazed, you know, because they're discussing about who's the greatest, even though they're all equal. So it's, I don't know, it's something. Was it the end of Colossians and Galatians where he talks about there's neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither Mm -hmm. slave nor free, there's uh, there's no male nor female? I yeah. think that's the verse you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah, at the cross, we're all in the, uh, the even playing field. Because we're all stinking sinners <laughs> in need of a Savior. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But when we're washing his blood, you know, he, he, he adopts us into his kingdom, and we cry out, Abba, Father. So mm-hmm. we're all his children. Amen. If we're washing his blood, yeah. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Um, One of the things I didn't mention a while ago was, um, and I forgot where I was going with this, but uh, the enemy that that Jesus is, they're thinking that the enemy that he's referring to are the Romans. He's not talking about the Romans. The enemy, who was, who was Jesus' enemy? Satan. Yeah, but the religious leaders, they were always after him. Mm-hmm. Trying to stone him, trying to kill him, trying to push him off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that's going to turn him over to the Romans. Mm-hmm. The Romans wouldn't have never killed Jesus. It was his own people that that should have been pointing the way to the Messiah. Hey, here's some, they should have been excited about the Messiah. Right. Yeah. Right. But they, they just had all these misconceptions. and they, Dang, you I didn't think about that. Wow. This this one this man's a Dang. child of an adulterer. You know, wow. got to get rid of this guy. He claims to be God. No, we're going to kill him. Um, and and so they're arguing who's going to be the greatest. They didn't want to answer um, because of what they've been talking about. They didn't care. But you know, he just said, "I'm going to die and be betrayed." No, we 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 we're more worried about ourselves. But isn't that the way we are as people? <laughs> Sadly, yeah. We we turn inward really quick. Doesn't take as much time. Yeah. And and, and like when a lot of times when we're having conversations with people and they're they're telling us something straight from their heart, what do we do? We're thinking about something to come back with. You know. Somebody's pouring out their heart and we're thinking, well, you know, what can I tell them? What can I say next or whatever? Or or we'll divert not not divert attention, but we'll we'll say something that we've gone through. Well, I know how you feel, you know, been through this situation, you know, or something like that. And we'll tell them about something we've been through. I could just see Jesus shaking his head like these guys, man. Yeah. It's 
faithless, <laughs> faithless worthless generation. <laughs> and now he's like, I'm sitting here telling about my death, and they're worried about who's going to be the greatest. But they didn't want to answer. They didn't answer because they've been arguing about which was the greatest. And so Jesus sits down, and he calls the 12 over, and he says, let me tell you all something. Yeah? Why do you want to tell us? That which one's the greatest? Whoever wants to be first must take last place, and, and this is New Living Translation, and, and be the servant of everyone else. Um, so I want to ask y'all a question, and, um, but before we get in, give you a second to think about the answer, what, what does it mean to be a servant? But before you answer it, I want to make it this point, is that we don't get anything past God. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets past God. He sees, and this is what Paul's talking about in Romans 1, God is mind-blowing. We, we, people, we try to figure God out because we want, like, especially as men, we want to figure stuff out. We want to fix stuff. We, mm-hmm. we want a formula for this. You know, mm-hmm. We want instructions, even though we don't read them. We want instru- This is how you do this. This is how you do that. You know, you just follow these instructions. Yeah. And and God's not always like that. We try to figure God out, and, and you know, God doesn't. We're 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 the He's the potter. We're the clay, right? Yeah. And God can do whatever He wants to. Right. Do whatever you want to. What song is that? Do whatever you want to. Make room. Huh? Make, make room. room. Yeah. I will make room for you. Um, but I was going to read, uh, just point out some stuff from real quick from uh, Psalm 139, where David says, Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down and stand up, you know my thoughts, even when, when I'm far away. Because you know, you know, Jesus called out the Pharisees many times. Right, because yeah. he knew what they were thinking. He knew right. what they were thinking, and he called them out, out loud, you know, embarrassing. Uh, and David says, you, you know, when I sit down and stand up, you know, my thoughts when I'm even far away, you see me when I travel. You remember what he said to Nathaniel? He said, I, I knew you and you were underneath that fig tree. Right. Yeah. He said, well, how did you know I was underneath that fig tree? You ain't seen me? He said, yeah, I've seen you. It blew his mind. You know everything I do, David says. You know uh, what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me. You follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. And he just goes on and on and on. But he says in verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. So quit trying to figure God out. And, and, and just let him you know, get in his word and let him speak to you and, and follow him. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we try to get ahead of God. I've oh, done that before. Don't biggest, try to get ahead of God. do get ahead of God. Biggest mistake ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But can you imagine the, the embarrassment, though, on, on the disciples' face when when Jesus caught me and he says, I know what you're talking about. You know. So what does it mean to be a servant? What do you say? The Greek word is diakonos. Which it, uh, it means a, a waiter, like like when we were at the Mexican restaurant and we had the, the guy bring us our food and our drink. Right, a server. Yeah. A server, yeah. And so a servant is just one who serves, right? And that is not a passive thing, that's an active thing. I think that's where sometimes we get, um, you know, the scriptures that say, wait on the Lord. I think we've referred to this a time or two and just... You know, we think, wait, like stop doing anything, right? Freeze. Just don't move. 
No, but waiting in a restaurant sense, in a servant sense, means that you're watching, you're being observant, you're bringing things, you're asking, you're you know asking for clarification. So that's waiting and and serving. Um, and he's telling us that the the greatest among you has to be ready to serve everyone else. Right. And I think that was mind blowing to them because. They looked down on people who were servants. Yeah. Um, and remember, the Pharisees get so uptight when um, when Jesus refers to them as slaves. <laughs> what? We're the we're Abraham's children. We've never been slaves. Yeah. Or you know, we're not slaves. We're not in bondage to any yeah. man. <laughs> right. I mean, we used to be back in Egypt. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we've been out of there for a while. And he's talking or, about being bondage. Oh, wait, yeah. wait. Maybe we were under Nebuchadnezzar for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, <laughs> uh, we, we have been slaves as a people, but we're not slaves anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. Even we're though not they're servants. under Roman oppression. <laughs> right? I know. So it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, sometimes our arguments are pretty flimsy. Yeah. Um, but those who want to be first must be very last and the servant of all. And I think this was... Contrary to what the Pharisees and Sadducees obviously demonstrated, you know, elsewhere in Scripture they talk about those those guys. They want the praise of men, mm-hmm. right? They want to wear the long, full, flowing robes. They want to wear the the big phylacteries. They want to be noticed in the market. They want to have the best places at the at banquets and things like that. And for a show, they'll make long prayers, right. you know. But he's saying, no, no, no. That doesn't make you great. Serve others. That that makes you great. Like fellowship. Yeah, I'm thinking about when going back to the, when he was in Simon the Pharisee's house, and and, and that guy's the Pharisee's thinking. He's thinking in his head. If he knew what type of woman that was, is washing his feet with her tears, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let her be doing that. And then Jesus calls him out loud, and he says, "Look, she's doing this preparing me for my death." You didn't even wash my feet when I came in. Why? Because he didn't have a servant's heart. Mm. The Pharisee, he doesn't have the he doesn't have a servant's heart. He didn't. Nobody, Pharisee definitely would not. Well, and wash foot, that. right, yeah. foot washing was reserved usually for this lady, the the lowest. Yeah. And because I, if you walk everywhere, your feet are nasty. The, <laughs> the reason why I want to look this word up in, as servant is because, like here, it's diakonos. But many times, Paul uses the word servant, and he uses the word doulos, which is it, it means slave, mm-hmm. a literal slave. But Shelby, uh, before we uh, started recording, uh, had a good good point. We are releasing the sound, cause the lost generation to be found. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. What was it, Shelby? When Jesus washed his disciples' feet? Yeah, in John 13. 
Yeah, he, he uh, you want to read part of it? Uh, what verse I don't know. The very, uh, the very first part of it where he talks about he's taking his robe off in, in the basin. Let me see. Just start at verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So this is the, the last Passover meal he's having with the disciples. He's about to be dead in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Yeah, no, no, they're freaking out because Jesus is doing a slave job, a servant's job. Yeah. He's washing their feet. Peter's like, You ain't washing my feet. And Jesus says, Look, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. You don't have no part of me. Yeah. And Peter says, No, don't don't stop at my feet, Lord. Here's my head and my body. Just wash me all over. All right, Chevy, skip down to verse 12. When he had finished the washing, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now, I'm sorry. Verse 14. Yeah. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now watch what he says in verse 16. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, Mm -hmm. nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. There's your example. The follow, boys. Mm -hmm. No servant is greater than their master. The master's the one that tells the servant what to do. Jesus says it's servant. I'm showing you an example of what it means to be a servant. Mm-hmm. I'm washing your feet. Right. Right. That's deep. That's that's, that's some deep stuff. That's right humility. Uh, Philippians two five through nine. In your relationships, one with another, have the same attitude uh, or the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very, in the very nature of God. Uh, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, mm-hmm. being made in human life. This is God. Mm-hmm. God in the flesh. He considered it nothing. Yeah. He, he came down and, and, and this is the Messiah, the one who's supposed to deliver them from the Romans. Yeah. But he looks like an ordinary dude. He didn't dress in royal clothes and garbs. He didn't sit on a literal throne of David. He didn't carry a sword. He didn't carry... He wasn't asking for... He wasn't following... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And it goes on. Paul goes on. But it's all about humility and being a servant. Mm-hmm. What, did you want to add? You were want to say something earlier, and we kind of just kept going. Like, did you remember what you had? This one asked about yeah, the thing to be a servant. I believe it was um, being a servant. Um, you know. Being a servant, it can go two ways. Of course, you could be a servant of man, which is, you know, I look at it as fellowship. You know, uh, you know, most other people they would do it to please man, to to make themselves feel feel good or make that person feel good. You know, because you know. <sighs> like I like I serve yeah. my wife. Yes. Because it gives me brownie points. And, oh. <laughs> and, and it makes her feel good. No, no, no I said that. I, I, I don't serve her to get brownie points. I said that because that's what you just said. Yeah. Some people serve others because it makes them feel good on the inside. Yeah. A lot of people give because it makes them feel like they're doing something nice for somebody. Valuable. Yeah. yeah, valuable. Yeah. I, I just believe that, you know, whenever you're a servant, you're meant to not do it just to feel good you're meant to do it because that's the right thing to do and um, you know even you know a servant is no greater than his master which you said so you know you can't be greater than the master because the master's the one who um like tells the servant you know bosses everybody yeah Yeah, tells them what to do yeah like orders and and if jesus is our master and he is showing us by his example, right? He's our model in everything. He's, his example is that you are to serve one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be our attitude in everything. Well, it goes back to the Shema. Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then... Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor, you're going to serve your neighbor. Yeah. Because you're putting them before you. Your mm-hmm. needs. All right, you want to say something? Yeah. All right, hold, hold your thought just for a second. I, I want to clarify something. It might go. Let's go. What did you say? Huh? I was just thinking of in, in the Galatians chapter 5. It talks about life by the Spirit, going into like the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It says, you and my brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the fresh flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Oh, that's good. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbors as yourself Amen. if you bite and devour each other watch out or you will be destroyed by each other mm. so i say walk by the spirit and you are not gratify the desires of the flesh because yeah, if we walk that's really good if we walk by the spirit i mean he's just like what did jesus do i mean when we're going through these gospels he's just constantly Move with compassion. Move with compassion. He's doing this for this person. These people, you know, he always put others first. Yeah. But, it, you know, at one point when the children came to Jesus, the disciples were saying, No, no, go away. He don't have time for you. He's a kid. No. And Jesus says, Well, what are you doing? Don't, don't keep these. I mean, if people were selfish by nature, we're just selfish. And we turn inward and we want to take care of ourselves. And, and, Jesus and that I mean the disciples are a perfect example right here that you know who's going to be the greatest Jesus just told you he's about to die yeah he's just going to suffer a 
horrible death and sit on a well, not sit but hang on a cross for six hours struggle to breathe basically suffocate to death and you're 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 worried about who's the great going to be the greatest or who's the greatest among you it, it, it's crazy but but we still do it we still do it today mm-hmm. we don't maybe not argue who's the greatest but we turn inward we're selfish and we you know, I'm going to meet my needs. I'm going to gratify my flesh. Yeah. And that's exactly what the, the opposite of what we should do. That's what Chevy, was it Galatians 5? Mm-hmm. What Five, verses? 13, well, 13 Will you read that one more time, the first part of it? But. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That part. No one indulge the flesh, but another, but serve one another. Right, because that's the example that that Jesus has laid out for us to do. So don't indulge in sin, but indulge in one another, like indulge in fellowship of one another. Right. So what I was going to say is, just for the record, as since we're being recorded, I don't serve my wife for brownie points. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I do stuff for my wife because I love her. Like Christ loves the church. Come on. Amen. And I want to bless my wife. Amen. That's why I do the things that I do for her. Amen. Not brownie points. That's sweet. So. You ever been embarrassed? Never. And if you believe that, i got a bridge to sell you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> have, have you ever done something or whatever or, or said something and then somebody called you out on it? Many times. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, right? Yes. Not fun. What do you do when you're embarrassed? Close my doors. That's <laughs> <laughs> just what, what I do. I remember, I think I, I don't know if I've told you all this, but I know I've used it in a podcast before. I remember when Tanner, my oldest son, when he was like two or three years old, and he got in trouble and he does this. He covered up his eyes because in his little mind, I can't see you. You yeah, can't see exactly, me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're not seeing us. Be it's gone. like closing doors. Yeah. No, a lot of times we'll divert attention, yeah. right? And so that's that's exactly what they're going to do here. They're going to divert attention because John John brings up this. Uh, let's see, where is it at? And Mark nine verse thirty eight. John says to Jesus, "Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons." So he's just totally changing the subject really fast. <laughs> right. and he's getting it off of us like, uh. Uh, we saw somebody using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't praying in our group. And Jesus says, no, don't, don't, let him be. Don't, don't tell him to stop. Let him do it. But the, the thing I want to point out here is that uh, something that Jesus says after that. He says, if, if, if someone gives you a cup of cold, I'm sorry, New Living Translation does say cold water. Most of them do. I don't, I don't know if NIV does not, but he says, if somebody gives you a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, we talk about serving, ser, you know, yeah. being a servant, yeah. serving people, serving God. Yeah, um, we should serve people because we love God. We're tr- to be the hands and the feet of, or the, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus. And we think, you know, well, I, you know, I gotta. I gotta be on the pulpit or on the stage, or I gotta be behind the pulpit. I gotta preach. I gotta be a missionary. We think yeah. of all these big things that we could do for God, and here's Jesus saying, "If you just give a cup of cold water in my name, you're gonna 
receive a reward. Wow. Sometimes Dang. it's the little things. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like if someone comes into the shop, just ask him how he can pray for him. Like what you do a lot. Little. Yeah. Takes five minutes. You do. There's a Celtic group of sisters called the God. I think it's the Goddard Sisters. Mm-hmm. And they sing a song. It's the little things that make the difference. Mm. I won't sing it. Okay. I'll spare you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's the little things that makes a difference. But even for the kingdom of God, think about it. Because people, I mean, seriously, there's a lot, there's people in churches that won't do anything because they don't think they can do anything. That's true. They won't teach a class because they don't know enough about the Bible. They can't sing, so they're not going to get up on the stage and sing. They're too nervous to get in front of people. To, to, you but know, too to, proud to, to clean the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And too proud to clean the toilet. And but anybody can give a cup of water. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's something that we that everybody can do. Mm-hmm. We have no excuse for not being servants. Is, yeah, is basically what Jesus is saying here. And so he puts a kid on it. Or did you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. I think we we skipped over a couple of verses about the little child. But go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Read it. Um, he took a little child whom he placed among them. This is verse 36. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a lot of cultures, value has to do with your age. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and our our culture in America has sorely devalued youth, children, uh, babies in the womb. Come on, somebody. Well, yeah. You know, um, but Jesus is saying that, you know, whoever, whoever welcomes one of these, even these little children, have worth, have value, have... have um, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Right. Jesus. They're a treasure. They're, right. She says that I, well, I didn't come up with that. I'm not clever enough for that. Yeah. But, but I've heard that from lots of people. There's no junior Holy Spirit. And sometimes children with, you know, the purest hearts and, and intentions will will perceive things spiritually that some of us who are older and jaded, you know, don't pick That's up on. That's a good Green Day song, by the way. I thought it was cool on Friday night when Chris's little boy came up with the Maker. Yeah. He was just so bold and courageous. Yeah, I know. Was. I mean, so it we had a time of worship and prayer on Friday night at the church. And yeah. and I, I called yes. out Asa and said, hey, read Psalm 23. Yeah. And he totally found it, read it out loud, and, and that was really Kyle sweet. And then, and then he's eight. eight. And, um, and then I said, come up and sing with us. He was insane way maker without any without any words. I know. Sometimes I just believe that we have to, because um, a lot of us we have an ego nowadays. Sometimes I believe we just have to get back to that place of God when we were a young child, mm-hmm. when we would stand up to worship and not people uh, try to stop us. You know, because nowadays a lot of Christians are afraid to worship. They're afraid to raise their hands. They're afraid to jump up. Like right, you know, super self conscious yeah. about. Who, who am I or, yeah. or how are people perceiving me? I mean, that's what I'm battling now. I'm yeah. learning how to get out of my shell. And, you know, being a little kid that just found Jesus, you know, that's how I want to be. I always want to be excited. So just think, think about this. We've been talking about what Jesus said about being a servant, right? Yeah. And serving others. Mm-hmm. Well, what does a child do when you tell a child to do something? 
They'll go do it. Well, depends on the child. I'm talking about the little children. The little children. Most of them will go do. You know, they'll do whatever you they'll ask try. them to do or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They'll they'll go do it. But you ask a teenager or an adult to do something. Most of the time, what will they say? Give you some attitude. Yeah, yeah, they'll give you some attitude. They won't do it, or they'll say, "Do it yourself." Yeah, yeah, you know. You can just picture Jesus with this kid on his, you know, it's like you got to be like this, like this kid. But then there's the flip. He gives the flip side of the coin in verse 42. If you read that, verse 42. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them. If a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Now, New Living Translation says, if you cause one of these little ones, you've got this kid on his lap, right? If you cause one of these little ones, uh, if you welcome this kid, you're welcoming me and the father who sent me. But if you if you cause one of these little ones to, to stumble, NIV, or to fall in sins, New Living Translation, it'd be better if you, if you had this big old rock, this big weight tied to your neck and thrown into the sea. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen a millstone? I've never. Okay, millstones oh, are the, the, huge. The big a lot of them, yes, a yes. lot of them are as big as yes. this table. They're, huge They're about and this thick, thick yeah. and they have like a jagged cut. And you've got two that We're are grinding, grinding up against yeah, each yeah. other. You put the corn or the mm-hmm. wheat or whatever in the in a hole in the middle, and yes. then you use something to um, make those millstones move against each other to crush the the grain, right? Yeah. So they are huge and incredibly heavy. So even though Jesus is using an exaggeration, right, to say you'd be better off to have a millstone around your neck, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the millstone's bigger than you, and it's like taking a long walk off a short pier with a pair of concrete boots. Yeah, right. yeah. You're, you're going straight down to the bottom. Um, you know, so a millstone was, it was huge. But he's saying, you know, if you cause someone else to stumble, who believes in me, if you cause somebody else to fall into sin, it'd be better for you just to... Mm. die. Yeah. To be drowned. There's some deep words. Yeah, it is. So he goes on to say in verse 43, into the end of the chapter, he says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter enter eternal life. With only one hand, and go into the, the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter eternal life with only one foot than, you know, you can just hobble your way in. <laughs> than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the, uh, the New Living Translation says maggots. But I think mm-hmm. the King James and other versions say where the worm dies not. Yeah. Yeah. The worms that eat Where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. In other words, you go to hell. If you you choose to go to hell, Jesus, God's not going to send you there. You choose to go there, first of all. That's another podcast and sermon on its own. But Jesus says, and I, I think what that worm, it, it, I think that worm that never dies and the fire that never goes out is you're going to be constantly reminded of all the opportunities you had. Mm. you're you're constantly going to be reminded of of all these chances that you had to Mm -hmm. uh, be a servant to to show God's 
grace and mercy. Right, and to demonstrate, yeah. Yeah, and and all the times that you rejected Jesus. Right, right. So. Right. For everyone to be tested with fire, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Now, wait. So, is Jesus actually saying that um, if I'm a thief, I should go ahead and cut my hand off? Oh, no. No? Even okay. though they do they do, do that in other countries. Oh, yes, they do. Or that if I, if I look at pornography, that I should probably just go ahead and poke my eyes out. Or castrate yourself. Right. No, that's not what he's saying, right? No. Again, he's using exaggeration or I think my footnote says something about uh, hyperbole here, mm-hmm. right? So he's saying cut it off. You know, if, if somebody's doing something irritating to you and you're like, cut it out. Yeah. You know, cut it off. Stop. You know, he's saying it's a figure of speech that exaggerates to make its point. Used here to emphasize the need for drastic action. Often sin can be conquered only by radical spiritual surgery. Right. You know, so he's not actually telling us to, you know, cut body parts off or gouge our eyes out. But sometimes that we have to do some radical things to, to get us out of a lifestyle of sin. Drop the Facebook. Drop the Instagram, drop the TikTok. If it's causing you to stumble, causing you to sin, causing you right. to bring sin in other people's life, delete the delete the apps. It's like no, get rid of the phone, it's like computer. No, have some kind of accountability. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, there's there's lots of things that we can do to um, to take those proactive steps yeah. in saying I want to. This has been a trap for me in the past, and I want to avoid it in the future. Yeah. You know, and so that's what he's saying is that we've got sometimes we have to take some drastic action to get rid of sin in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what he's saying here is sin is serious. Because sin's going to, you know, sin separates us from God. The wages of sin is death, what Paul says in Romans. Mm-hmm. Death is a separation. Yeah. We live a life of sin, especially without the blood of Christ washing away our sin. It's just. Right. Well, over and over, the scriptures say those who live like this continually will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether that's liars, on. whether that's drunkards, whether Adulters. that is those who are disobedient to parents is in that list. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody fall into that category? Mm. Uh, that was me. <laughs> that was me. You know, praise the Lord that, you know, that we don't continue in that. But... Um, yeah, that we have to take some drastic action. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes back to, to, to Jesus having that kid on his lap and, and saying, hey, be a servant. Be a servant. Don't focus inward because when you focus inward, that's where sin is easy to get stirred up. Because uh, I've always heard, if you, whatever you feed the most grows the, the biggest, either your flesh or your spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we need to be feeding the spirit, which means we've got to be in the order. Because if we're feeding the flesh, well, obviously that's sin. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And if we're fo- if we're outward focused, like Jesus says to be outward focused, uh, love God and love others. Right. And if, if we're, we're busy loving, serving the Father and serving each other, we ain't got a whole lot of time for sin. Right. <laughs> right. Well, ain't nobody got time for that. 
focus on others, it'll, it'll solve a lot of that, which I think is the point here. So the last couple of verses, everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Yeah. I like salt on my food. Amen. It makes it tasty. Amen. That's why I think that's what he's saying. Go out in the world and be salt. Be involved in the lives of others. Pour some salt in their lives. Not sugar. Pour some sugar. Oh, me. <laughs> no, pour some salt on me. Okay. Oh Lord. <laughs> told you. Well, Shelby told you we come up with a few songs here. And so there. wait a minute. We we can actually. Hey, kind of salty today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know when I sweat, I'm I sweat feeling all salty. You know when you sweat a lot, and you, you know you go to kiss somebody, they're kind of salty tasting because of the sweat. That's pretty. That's pretty gross. That's where my mind went. You said about being salty today. Well, it it's vernacular for like you're kind of grumpy. You know, oh. being kind of salty today, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of. Um, uh, what's the the guys that sing Beverly Hillbilly song. Um, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. <laughs> let me be a salty dog or I want to be your man at all. Honey, let me be a salty dog. Oh, I don't know that one either. All right, you're stumping me tonight. Okay. Right. Well, why don't you pray more? Or be do you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no. Rice, you got anything you want to add? Nope. Show me. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, no problem. Nothing? Yeah, it was Galatians 5 was a good one. I think it's your best one yet. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word and that by it we grow, we learn and help us to do the word. Lord, that we would truly look for opportunities to serve you and to serve each other. Um, Not to attempt to be the greatest, but can your body just try to outserve one another? Yeah. That people would know us by how we love one another and, and how we serve each other. Thank you for teaching us and, and for helping us. Lord, we, we need your help to cut off those things that lead us into sin. So thank you for bringing those things to our attention, calling us out, <laughs> calling us out on the things that, um, that trip us up and so easily beset us. But thank you that your grace is sufficient and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we ask forgiveness thank you thank you we ask you to do it and and thank you for forgiveness in jesus name keep grinding thanks for listening to the grounded podcast if we could pray for you or encourage you in any way please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824 if you're watching on youtube please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.